No more clickbait, no more sound bites, and no more videos that are over before you blink. No more being told to click this or to share that because some people think you can't think. Choose a new way of doing things. Choose real people. Choose real stories. Choose the Real Talks podcast. I want to kick off by thanking each and every listener who has tuned into the show so far. In our first two episodes, we checked in with reigning All-Iron champions, thanks to Brendan Maher of Tipperary and Dublin's Kevin McMenamin. I'm delighted to say that over 5,000 people have now tuned into the show. So thanks again to everyone who has got in touch on Twitter, who has shared the links online, posted the podcast into WhatsApp groups, or just talked about it face-to-face with friends and helped to spread the word. One of the big things I learned this week is that success can be measured in more ways than one. In February of 2011, Wicklow footballer John McGrath was diagnosed with leukaemia and ended an intense spell of four cycles of chemotherapy. Within six months, he was back playing for his beloved Bolton Glass and a year later he was on the turf of Crow Park winning a league title for his county. As we discussed the ups and downs of his recovery, I realised how fortunate I was to be sitting in the room with one of the most resilient and inspiring characters our national games have to offer. A man who at 30 years of age is now playing in his 11th season for Wicklow. So sit back, relax and hear the story from the man himself. This podcast is brought to you thanks to the support of Kelly Bradshaw Dalton, who for over 20 years have been successfully selling, renting and managing property in the greater Dublin area. You can check out their website at kbd.ie for all your property needs. My name is Alan O'Mara and you are listening to the third episode of the Real Talks podcast. And the Wicklow players perhaps sensing there's a scalp to be claimed here this afternoon. Early opportunity here for John McGrath trying to create the room and get his shot away. Right footed and that's a great start for Wicklow. McGrath with the opening point of the game. First blood goes to the Garden County. Wicklow have it back and there's no doubting the Wicklow attitude. Stephen Kelly involved initially. This is James Stafford and Stafford, one of the more experienced campaigners, sends an early ball. Good ball as well. And a chance here for Shawnee Furlong. He dishes it off and it's McGrath with his second point of the game and Wicklow are flying early on here at Dr. Cullen Park. To kick off the conversation with you and I was, I was thinking about this again over the last few days of, of how to get into it. Um, and I wrote down a date that I'll start with. Well, it's a date in February, but it's probably not the year you think I'd go straight to. So the date is February 16, 2012. Do you, do you remember what happened that day? February 16, 2012. No. That was the last time me and you played in the same team together. <laughs> Very good. I, I was thinking it was some kind of a DIT Sigerson yeah, game or something. DCU about us in Sigerson. We were knocked out. Out in DCU. Yeah. 114 to 7. I saved the Penno and made, made a good save. We only scored seven points. You were playing corner forward, so I don't know what you were having the other end. Yeah, very little, very little. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that game, I was laughing and, and being truthful about it. When I, going back to that period, for me, I was in the worst spell of my life that I've ever been in. And I actually, I was in a counselling room the day before the game, wondering, will I play or will I not, right? And I was thinking, no, I'm fine, I'll, go, I'll get through this game. And, you know, if we win, or if we win I'll play the next game, if we lose, that's it, I'm not playing football anymore. So my relationship with football was really at that point, I didn't really care. I was like, Joe, I'm actually glad this is over. And I was just wondering, sort of, what your mind would have been like towards football at that stage on that day. Um, yeah, it's, I tell you, probably two different two different views at that time. On that yeah. day, um, I had missed it. I obviously was out for a period of time um, where you're, you're sitting lying in the bed, not getting to play any football, do any training. Um, and... When you fast forward then again, twelve months to when you can play, I was uh, I was eager. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't wait for every game to come. Couldn't wait for every training session mm. to come. Um, it's probably just the, the mentality I have. I love training. I love playing football. So it was definitely when you know, when I was sitting down doing nothing for the previous the previous year for three or four months. Um, I take every chance now to play a game, and that one I was looking forward to as well. Yeah, I, was, I actually was, I was, thinking about, I was thinking about this last night because I remember sitting in the dressing room after the game. Like, obviously, we'd been knocked out and was looking around and said to you, like, I, my head was in a different world. Like, and um, 
the boys are going, like, you know, the classic, are we going out tonight? Are we, you know, where are we going? Um, and I was thinking, like, so for me, even at that time, drinking or going out probably wasn't the right mix. Mm. And uh, I actually remember looking at you, this is weird, sometimes these weird things come back to you, like, but I remember just thinking to myself, like, if he's after getting through all that shit, and he's, he's done that, like, I can get through this shit like and I, I never said it to you at the time I never said to anybody it probably isn't the first time I've ever said it to you um, and it was a way like it was sort of it, like it helped me at that time it was just a thought it was just like okay like problems come and I'm going to have to face up to this and work through it um, I suppose you've touched upon there the time spent in bed over the previous year and if you don't mind if we rewind the year is that okay with you? Yeah and just and talking about life I, like I talk about if, we're doing, if I'm in Swiss school groups we talk about life throwing arrows at you and, and different things and life challenging at different times but there's life throwing arrows at you and then I think life threw a cannonball at you would that be fair to say? <laughs> uh, it depends what way you look at it yeah, um, yeah most people would say that um, it, it was it was a big shock something that you, you, you hear a lot around you about People getting sick. For me, it was generally always older people you hear yeah. of it. Um, so it was probably a shock being one the the somebody that's so young that I'd never really come across it before for somebody so young. Um, but my view of it would be always, as you say, a cannibal trying to be, uh, I still think of it as a small thing, seen as it was, it was obviously the word cancer was there. It's yeah. cancer. Um, but for me, uh, it, it was a small period of my life. It was, it was something that we could fix with, with the right help, with the right treatment, with the right attitude, um, it was fixable. Uh, and I always think there's always somebody worse off. Mm. Um, so my view of it was, let's let's get back up and run and get going again. Um, and, and don't feel sorry for myself. Um, because the last thing I, I, I need or wanted was to feel like that the, the end was near. So it was always a case of, this is small, we'll deal with it and move on. Um, and just save a thought then for people that actually are worse off that it's inevitable that it will take them down for me it was a case of now we get, we, we get over this and get going again like and look forward to the next few years afterwards like even like when you said you said the word cancer like even if I said I just sort of find yourself sort of do you know because like, it's just like it, it's that word that's um, like it's not a nice word I don't think anyone no, no one particularly associates any of <clears> those things with it and, but like, the first time When's the first time you that's mentioned to you, or is the first time that is actually it's said to you that this is this is what's going on here? Um, well, like as you said, our, the word cancer it, it's not nice, and mm. that's because we only hear really the negative stories. Yeah. Um, and when when I got better, um, I made sure that that I would try my best to to show that it is beatable, that it's not all doom and gloom. Um, so, so that is a big part to actually really promote that and, and show that there is more people surviving than there is uh, losing out with it. Um, for me, first time hearing it was was on that day, the February twenty second. We'd we'd um, the previous week lost in the Sigerson to, to UL, um, and like I actually just I was at that like I was on the bench that day. I was just coming back from groin surgery, like so I, yeah. I wasn't playing. And remember, it was Johnny's not here today because. He's got a bad two days as well. Yeah. That was, well, wasn't it? Yeah, well, like, I, I, I couldn't play. We were there, we were watching it, but um, just at, at the time we thought antibiotics for a two yeah. Um I thought, that's all right. Uh, that could be all right in a few weeks. Um, the after game, I just felt so bad kind of going home as by myself. I remember thinking like that. Maybe I'll just go to the doctor. And I went to the doctor. And they booked me in for blood tests the following Tuesday, and looks so at this stage you you just it's just a two take two days you just you've two got day. some pain yeah right. yeah um I'd played the two two games first two games of the league the previous two weekends um that's National League with like yeah, yeah. Uh, against Carlo and Leitrim and strangely enough played played well right uh, played played well kicked a good few scores uh, and just in the second game actually felt a little bit more tired but still was okay um. To all extents and purposes, everything's just motoring, bar, yeah. just pain. Yeah, no no issues, for, as I thought anyway. Um, they said then, uh, the doctor said, look, come in for blood tests on Tuesday, until then, put your feet up and relax. Um, there could be a little bit more than two days, like they thought maybe like say, glandular fever, so mm. blood tests would shut it up. So me being me, um, I didn't listen to him. <laughs> 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 I, I, th- I talked out against London that Sunday. Uh, I lined out to play and... 
struggled for 15 minutes. Started the game, match. Started the game, yeah. and it was the first time, the Leitrim game I could play the previous Sunday. Um, but this I couldn't. It was 15 minutes into the game, I couldn't, couldn't function, couldn't run. Um, and and is, that, was, like, is that, like... Just, is it energy that's just not there? Pure energy, yeah. pure energy. Couldn't couldn't function at all. Uh, eventually, at the turn, put my hand up to the sideline and, and signal this. This I can't. I can't play. And what's going um, through your head there? Is that when you when you put the hand up, say I can't run here? Like what's oh. you know, what's in your mind there? Like uh, funny enough, I I can't really remember what was going through my yeah. mind at the time, but it's been in my my mind of what my mother's thoughts were at the time, which is so strange that uh, how 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 a mother thinks that apparently my sister caught her crying in the game and my sister was like what, what's wrong with you like she's only been taken off and my mom knowing me said when have you ever seen John ask to be taken off um, so that was that. that's kind of what stuck, sticks in my head from, from that period of time um, so she knew there was something up uh, I didn't necessarily know mother's um, intuition yeah definitely 100% uh, so on the Tuesday I went home I, I didn't do anything I went back up to the apartment and on Tuesday I went in to, for the blood test and they said it'd be about a week before I get results so I went home and I was meant to go back to college um, and I just couldn't. I just went back home and went to bed and lay down for the day and fell asleep and was just laying in the bed and I got a phone call at half three saying, John, will you come back down here into the, to the clinic for for a chat? So it was only five minutes from my house. I went mm. down and the doctor, uh, the couple of words he said are very blurry for me, but leukemia was thrown at me. And at the time... I wasn't even probably educated enough on mm. leukemia and cancers and to know what the plan was. Um, and he just said, look, have you a way of getting to St. James Hospital? They're expecting you down there tonight. Right away? Uh, straight away. Yeah. Um, so that was, I got a call at half three. That was like at about four o'clock. And the the unconditional love is what your family really supplied to you. Um, and by half five, every every member of my direct family and Carol were were, were by by my side in, in the hospital. Um, How many's in the family? I have one brother, two sisters, mum and dad. Troops um, rally very quickly. Troops rally very quickly, and mind you, it takes an hour to drive up, uh, and that's not including traffic. <laughs> so that's within an hour and a half they were there. So I don't know what they were doing, but <laughs> they were there within an hour and a half. I say there's a few speed limits broke now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, uh, that, that was the first first day of it, and my my first really experience of the word cancer being thrown mm. at me. Like, even, like that, like the, when the word leukemia is thrown out, right? Like, can you even digest that at that moment in time? Like, you can't. Like, uh, yeah. Well, look, at, at the time, I do remember the doctor saying to me, uh, Doctor Holden. He said, "Look, I need to write this down for you because you're you're not going to be able to remember what's going yeah. on uh, by the time you get to hospital. Like, you 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 won't be able to function." Um, will you get a lift to the hospital how will you get there do you want me to arrange anything and strangely enough even though it was thrown at me I was very calm Uh, I think if someone probably told me in advance it was going to happen I probably wouldn't be so reacted so well Um, I think your mind and body reacts in ways that um, that when something that hits you it's, it's a case of it's a case of go crazy or just keep cool. Mm. Uh, and luckily, luckily I was able to go, just go walk back to the apartment. I rang, I rang Carol, uh, just asked her to come straight home and she didn't even ask me why. She knew there was something up. She got into the car, she she was home. She brought me to the hospital and um, I rang my mum and, and just told her, look, this is, there's something happening here. Um, I'm going into James's and again, there was uh, no real big questions as a case of right we there she go yeah so um, yeah they're they're the, 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 the why your family are so important to you yeah. they, they surround you and they keep you cool and calm and put you in the right path for the next few months anyway yeah like you mentioned it's a, ter- it's, a, it's a term sometimes I use as well and it's not not everyone's comfortable sometimes saying it but the two words is of unconditional love like mm. um, I suppose even as I'm looking at your face as you were talking there and you sort of smile even when you, you think about the family bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you think back now, like how how grateful are you or how how do you feel about what happened or what came from them at that time? Uh, it's 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 remarkable really as in the, the like the sport I play um, and the, the work I'm in. You're, you're working so much. You're playing football and training six days a week um, and it's selfish it is selfish because you don't see your family enough um, 
and I'd be the first to acknowledge that. Um, but that's that's where they come in. That you don't need to explain to them. You don't need to go and say, "Look, I'm sorry. Um, I can't be there tomorrow. I can't get down to see you next week. I can't do this. I can't do that." They understand it. They trust it, um, and they know when the time comes that if it, I, I will be there when when something something goes down. Um, and that's just the way they are. They don't put any pressure on me. Um, and at that period, I, I couldn't respect them anymore just for, for how they come up and just put an arm around and said, look, we'll deal with this. There's not going to be an issue. Um, and thankfully, everybody that we met on that first night um, was remarkable. There was no panic, no fear, no crying, no no anything of, of, of a negative vibe. Right. It was all just, look... It's, it's a hiccup we move on um, I, I think that's that's the way we were all reared in our family as well like that get up and get on with it and move on yeah no I think like it's I, like, that's so interesting like in terms of that sort of that the, the calmness about it um, I suppose you're thinking like I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm reading sort of what you said there but you're sort of just looking at it going like there's a huge problem in front of me but I just need to navigate it now and do what I, do what I need yeah. to do to get through this is that fair to say yeah, yeah definitely like as in if, by panicking you're not going to make the situation better. Um, and that was the case. Now, look, there was probably the, the, the next day when the doctor was going through the ins and outs of it and confirming everything, that probably didn't go down too well with my dad because he felt a little faint. <laughs> um, but apart from that, like that's no. That's for him. Like, even for anyone, there's so much to take in. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it's like to be in that room. Which... Yeah, no, it is. And, and that's it. Look, look you, you decide on, on what way you're going to go about yeah. it. Um, I chose the route of Let's get it done. Let's. Uh, I'm not going to moan. I'm not going to complain. And people might be shocked at that because I generally moan and complain about standards <laughs> all the time. But it's. Uh, it, it is the way it was. It's. It's a case of get on with it. Um, and it's. It's. It's been said to me quite a lot since by the doctors, by the consultants, by the nurses that that has a huge positive effect um, on your recovery process. Like my treatment was meant to be four and a half months to said um and i was in and out in three months right um and that was simply down to the fact that i never picked up any bad infections um because when chemotherapy kills your 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 good cells as well as your bad cells so your your immune system is low there's <coughs> a good me. chance there's a good chance that you can pick up infections and it takes you a lot longer to recover sure. from each cycle and i had four cycles um because I kept myself in in positive mind frame, I never got run down. Um, I, I I followed their rules by by the book. The, no bad food. They were saying they don't eat certain foods. Is that the other that can help give infections? Yeah. So, uh, and that was what I followed. And uh, uh, that positive attitude and the, the the mind frame I went with was luckily something that kind of took that period of time so it shortened it considerably for me. That's that first, that first day where you said the doctor there is explaining what the the, inter, the the short to medium term future of treatment looks like, and your dad feels a bit faint. Does it, it at, at that point is 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 the next three months sort of outline? Is that's what are you told at that stage? This is what is happening. Yeah. And yeah. That, so if that's does that help you from your mindset? Does that help you go okay? I've a defined period now, and let's just just this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like uh, it's it's strange. Uh, uh, again, I'm not quite sure of of the ins and outs of treatments, but like there's somebody else could have the exact same, mm. the exact same um, leukemia as me, Burkitt's lymphoma, and it could be a year's treatment. Uh, it's just different for how acute it comes. I had an aggressive, acute Burkitt's lymphoma, and it was <clears throat> it was a case of here's your, here's roughly what it's going to be. You have four cycles. Um, your first cycle is 16 days of chemotherapy your second cycle is 9 days of chemotherapy and your third cycle is 16 and your fourth okay. cycle is um, 9 is nine days and in between that you're going to have recovery periods and then 1 or 2 days at home in between each cycle um, so that, that was what was set out and yeah I liked having that because I, I knew I knew my target I knew what I was going through it was, it was a plan in place mm. uh, all my trust was with the doctors I just done my bit of lay there and <laughs> give me what you have. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's I, I like that I like that system because obviously there's, there's some people that don't know what's what's coming down the line. Mm. They don't know what treatment might work, might work like like the plan could have changed if the treatment if I wasn't reacting to treatment. Uh, luckily and thankfully everything 
everything was was straightforward and, and I reacted pro- properly to the treatments. And that's spe- that spell of the treatment. Um, are you, are you confined to? You're obviously taking yeah. bed and taking it. Like, yeah, to find a bed. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, basically I'm in isolation. Okay. Um, so it's it's one bed in one room. I might sound dumb asking these questions, but I just no, no, don't know. Um, look, no one knows. Yeah. No one knows what what goes on. Like there's 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 outpatients and inpatients, and there's there's wards that have six people in a room, and there's a lot of different ways about it. But but the way my treatment was, it was in isolation. I couldn't be. Out amongst the the, as I say, because the immune system was weak, mm. uh, it can it can be dangerous, as I say. So it was basically my first first cycle. I had twenty six days in the one room, um, and only two people are allowed visit at a time. Mm-hmm. We might have got another one or two in <laughs> every now and again, like a bit of friendly um, negotiation. Yeah, yeah. No, um, but that, but that was where it was, uh, and basically every day. Lying in a bed, um, they come in, you get chemotherapy three times a day. Basically bags that were inserted into you. It wasn't through, through your normal uh, needles into the arm. I had a, a Hickman line that comes in kind of into your chest and down into your heart, which pumps the chemotherapy through your body um, quicker, faster uh, and better. Um, and also take bloods from that line as well. So they just come in every day and they, they lie there, they give you treatment. You get sick. You try and walk around in the room if you can. Um, can you? Y- y- you can. Um, but then again, small rooms there's only a certain amount of walking you can do. <laughs> but you can. But generally, for me, it was lighter. Uh, just watch a bit of TV. I generally, always had some member of the family uh, yeah. with me. Um, and there was, was one person um, that really really kind of said something to me in that first week that that, uh, that I always stuck by every day. And like at the start, when you hear four and a half months treatment, you're thinking, my God, yeah. four and a half months. Um, but my, my manager at the time in the club, Tommy Murphy, just said to me, he says, just every day's treatment is a step yeah. closer to recovery. And that's how I saw it. It, it wasn't how many days is left. It was how many days is gone. There's one day that's okay. gone, it's done. There's 10 days we're, we're getting through this. Like... So the first 26 were tough. Um, the first time I experienced air coming out properly when I walked out of that um, that room for the first time, it wasn't good. It was a different environment. I'd um, just walked down through the main the main area of the James Hospital and just felt sick. Right. I had to run to the to the toilets to get sick mm. because fresh air was different yeah. to me. Um, so that was another experience that I was thankful to get a bit, <laughs> a bit of air, but... Uh, it took a bit of another day or two to get used to it. Yeah, one of the questions because because I, 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 I will move on from this as well. I don't want to just keep you keep you in this couple of months as we're talking. But when you said you said the word isolation there once or twice, like and obviously look at like I've got to know you pretty well over the years. Went to college together and different stuff. So like the two the, the two John McGrath and isolation don't necessarily mix with me. <laughs> like so, <laughs> you know, happy outgoing, loves to crack a bit of banter. Like and I understand there like every day is treatment like but. Was there times when your mindset was really challenged in that period, like, like genuinely? Um, I, I had one day, I had one day that always stands out to me, and that was when I was listening to radio. Um, right. I was listening to Radio Arts show, and it just happened to be they were talking about um, some kid, he was a 12-year-old kid, that um, had had cancer, had leukaemia, and his mother was talking on it, and he had basically everything she said was sounded exactly like, like what I had and what... I was going through and and the kid died and all of a sudden I'm thinking jeez maybe this won't be all as straightforward as I think uh, maybe I won't come out the, the right side so that was a day where I kind of had a panic because I was by myself I was yeah. in the room and I was thinking no one here to console me and just say, your thoughts yeah, yeah. Um, but look uh, again where, where family come in um, after speaking to, to Carol and, and, and I think it was one of my sister's there's like, like everybody's different. And that's the one thing I, I, I've taken from it as well, that, that everybody's different. It doesn't matter how fit you are, strong you are, how mobile you are, how healthy you might be, that everybody's recovery is different. Um, and thankfully, it's, that was the kind of the one day I had bad, but it uh, was quickly erased from my memory anyway. And you mentioned at the start, and 
so that news story, for example, and you know, certain words like cancer, leukemia, all on mind straight away. And don't like, you know, it's taken many lives and it's a really tough subject for a lot of people. But it, one of the reasons why I'm glad you're here talking to me is because you have been it, like you've got through that. Um, I wanted to go back into that spell. I know like that can't have been, I'm sure that's not an enjoyable spell to recall. Um, but I just think like, like there's incredible honesty in that. And like when I, you said that the words isolation again, like I was thinking of, the one question I was going to ask you was like, even when visitors came, and obviously you've got close family and Carol's there as well, but like, was there, did you want visitors? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like company. I like yeah. being around people. Um, and when you're, it, at first it was probably a little bit embarrassing because like, like I'd gone from 12 stone to 10 and a half in mm. the space of a week. Um, I was losing my hair. Um, I looked feeble. That's an embarrassment. Um, and something that no one wants, no one wants your friends or people to see it. But then you accept it and you think, well, these people are coming here to support me. Um, you wouldn't believe the wall in their hospital that we had pinups of cards and support from family, friends, uh, GA this is in your players. Room. Yeah, every card we got, we pinned it up. Um, it, was, it was remarkable. Like, and I loved when people came in then because we, we had you? a bit, yeah, we had yeah. a bit of fun. We, we used to play cards. Um, the lads come in and tell me stories of their nights out yeah. during the week. Um, I loved it. I loved yeah. it because you still have to have a connection sure. with the real world. Yeah, uh, even though you're in isolation, you still have to, to know what's going on out there. Um, and yeah, it was, it was. I loved it. I did love it. Yeah. Was, one or two days you'd feel really sick. Of course, yeah. And you could be just lying there. But generally, generally, that, that everybody knew if 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 it wasn't in the mood, it wouldn't be a long stay. It'd be in and out. Just say hello and get out like um, and that was all nothing but respect for any people that yeah. really came in and they knew what kind of what kind of form I was in that they were able to judge it and stay longer if, if it suited as I'm listening to you talking there on that spell and as I said like my, action, my brain went back to me there um, to, in the first episode I spoke with Kevin McMahon about resilience and um, as you're talking there I'm looking at you and I'm thinking this is the most resilient bastard I've ever sat down and talked to because <laughs> um, like you say in a very casual sort of like lay, lay back way of like had to do this got through that okay and I, like, for, I just absolutely fundamentally respect that and around the resilience piece were you always that resilient or just this is this a something that you step up to um, do you know what I'm getting at yeah I do yeah um, I don't know if it's resilient or ignorance I'm not sure <laughs> um, a bit of both yeah no I would, I would definitely say I, I've became more resilient um, from this part of my life. I yeah. think um, I was always very competitive, always very determined in what I wanted to do. Um, you didn't have to very, be determined to get past me in the sprints and the fitness. <laughs> stuff, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, there's, there's always somebody that'll catch you. <laughs> the, uh, I was always very strong-minded. Um, mm. But when it comes, to, when it came to this, um, it was a simple case of, as I said before, do I feel sorry for myself or what do I do? Yeah. And I never did. Um, and when I came out, there was a, there was a couple of things that really, that really stuck in my mind. Um, the last game that of of real importance that I played before I got sick was a county final that I lost okay. to Ratnew, uh, one of our biggest rivals. Um, and I got sent off. And for me, I didn't want to be remembered as somebody that his last important game got sent off uh, in, in a county final against the biggest rivals. And that wasn't, I just didn't want that. Right. Um, so I kind of thought, uh, like when, when I was coming back and I kind of, I was advised, don't set any targets for football, don't try and do this, don't try and do that because you'll be set back and... I'd say you took all that on board, did you? Yeah, more than likely you won't meet the goals that you set out right, because okay. your body is completely wiped out. You're starting like like a baby's body. You have to develop everything in your body to get back in the football field. Um, and then I heard the draw for a club championship and it was our local neighbours, actually, uh, Kiltegan, and I thought, that's my goal. <laughs> um, simple as that. Uh, as simple as that. Um now I, I kept that very quiet. I didn't make sure make make that known to people. Yeah, but this um, is a very individual yeah. self for you. Yeah. So uh, that that was the view I had, and I would have I would always expect high standards 
all all-time true sports. Um, I would always expect to be trained the best, um, eat the best, just set as high a standard as I can. But when being vocal about it, I might not. I probably would have always thought what people thought about me or thought. To kind of uh, what's this guy at or what's he saying or so you were worrying about I always how that kind of work yeah you like yeah in that at an early stage when I was yeah. younger and and after that period of my life like where, where I was sick I just I just kind of erased that and said I don't care what what, what oh, somebody thinks like. of me uh, if if I want to achieve something in my life I will try and get the people around me on that same goal like and. There's, there's something I always follow is surround yourself with the people on the same journey as you like okay. um, and that's that's where where I would always the direction I'd always take and I, would, I wouldn't I would care now of, of what people think of me um, if I say something to them because I, I want I want them to to experience what I want to go through and what I want to experience so in that I grew a little bit of I don't know whether it's mental toughness a bit of strength um and just just bring that then to, to everything I do in life. Like so, if something does go bad against me, I just say fuck it anyway. I have to turn this around like that, and I probably have just got stronger and more resilient. And every negative thing that's hit me, I got look since since that period, I've had a lot of negatives in sports in football, um, a lot. And every time something bad happens, I'm just trying to say like that can't happen again. I have to learn from that. Um, so I think that period was definitely what made me a little bit more resilient than, than I would have been before. Um, and something that I always use as a positive. Yeah. And like that period of my life, I don't ever look at it as a negative or a bad part. Um, I always just think I learned something from that period, which is good. I know listening to, to Kevin Mack about the balance of life mm-hmm. he has, that he, he's able to do this, that and the other outside of it. Um, I've made a decision that that because of what I enjoy at the moment in life is playing football that I will give as much time as I can to it. So instead of um, going home in the evening and going to a mate's house and just chilling out, I'll go to the pool and I'll, I'll go to the gym and just see how I can prepare for the next session. And it, it's just, it, they're the decisions I've made because it is a short window. We don't know how long, we don't know what's around the corner. You might not have much more time. We might lose another county final and we'll be in the bed next yeah. year. So... Uh, I'll do everything I can to make the most out of the the last few years I do have. Um, so, mind and body at the moment are probably on a par. Yeah, because like you, you you mentioned Kevin, I actually I I really enjoyed that part of our conversation on balance, and it's something that I feel it's really important to me. And I'm like, and every again, everybody's different in these regards. There's no right or wrong. Like it's just what it's what's right for you. Like, and but for me anyway, like my relationship with football, I got to a stage having come through, I come through, but I felt I needed these sort of four or five evenly stacked pillars so when one wasn't going well I could sort of the others could take the way or take the slack um, and you're saying you're very focused on, on the football aspect now but I think the big difference between you at the moment and because I used to be like that is you know you're doing it it's, a, it's your decision yeah. um, <clears throat> and it's something that it's, it's really interesting outlooks because like, there's no right or wrong in these things yeah um, yeah and is it just for you? Is it just about getting the most out of that time that whatever you have? Like, yeah, it it is. Um, like, I've I've experienced probably in my early twenties. Um, I might have might have had too much fun and not enough enough effort with football. Uh, probably relied I relied a little bit too much on a, a little bit of quality and not the hard work side mm. of things uh, regarding football. Um, and now as you get older, you realise like that. That that's not enough in the game anymore. Uh, you have to you have to do basically it's about ninety percent preparation for games rather than actually the the game itself. So I've decided that it's it's something I like at the moment, and it's only when it's really taken away from you, which football was for sure. for a few months, that you realise how much you love it. Like I actually came across something I wrote strange when I was twenty. Um, I actually had it up my, it was on my Bebo account. <laughs> and I remember taking it off years ago and I, I found it there a couple of months ago. Um, but I was reading again there last week and, and it was just something I wrote uh, just uh, about the game, about the hardship you go through. But uh, but at the end of it, it it's it's those 
those feelings you get after success, mm. um, and I'm not saying I'm the most successful footballer in the country, but um, when you do get that small bit of success, that um, it, it it's worth it. It's worth it no matter how much hardship you go through. And for for me, that that's that's how I how I tackle it. I don't I know that that's not for everybody. Um, but I, I'll have hopefully. Forty years after I retired, uh, is your Bebo still there? <laughs> what? Is your Bebo still no, there? Bebo's long gone, but uh, I have that Bebo, polarity. God, remember when I got stage? Joe, you start applying for jobs and stuff when you come out of college, and like you have to Google yourself to make sure to see what the other people find if they're looking for you. And I find me Bebo page one day. I was like, that has to go. Yeah, has to go get out. But um, now you mentioned when you said success there. I think one of the things that often gets overlooked in sport is that success comes in many different ways at times. So there is obviously. You know, there's when the All Ireland, brilliant. Everyone wants to do it. Must be incredible. Um, but like when you say success there, um, and I'm listening to you talking about your absolute love for football. Um, like I'd imagine a hugely successful moment in your life would have been the first time you get back to play football after after all this, is it? Yeah. Do you, me- oh, yeah. Do you remember it? I do. I do. Where uh, is it? Who is it against? Um, I I I had a little bit of a. I run into it. It was sneaky enough. I used to leave the house and not tell anyone I was going back to train with the club. Um, and I Where did. did you tell them you were going? I, I just snuck out. I used to <laughs> tell them. Uh, it, it, like after when I first came to the hospital, I was going for walks uh, by myself and gradually getting up to it's a just little jog. Walking's not meeting the needs. Like. Yeah, a little jog. And then I uh, started into a gym, started developing a little bit myself. And then yeah. I said, I'm going back training. Um, and couple of train sessions um, that you're back in it. Um, and I'll never forget, actually, there was, there was one moment where we were doing a bit of a training game and, and it, it wasn't, it was one of the early sessions mm-hmm. I was back and going for a ball and it took took a good hit and I loved it. I, I just thought, I'm Did you back. Like, in, like? Yeah, I, I was like, I love, like I'm back, like no one's feeling this guy has nothing to offer yeah. us here because he, he's been sick. People were fearing this this fucker's gonna get his place back right. in the team, and that's what I wanted. Um, because whether you're one to thirty, there's always somebody pressing. There yeah. should be always somebody pressing for a place to push the rest. And um, I, I I liked it because I was back as well to 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 a place where I was competitive. Um, but it was we played. It was the bank holiday August weekend. So just to put this in the context, you're obviously like this all this all happens in February and you go in you, you go through your treatment and February you get out May. May twenty fourth. And this is August. This is first weekend of August. And, and you're riding hits of training. Uh the hits a couple of weeks before that, yeah. yeah. Our first game back we played um a Carlo team in a in a friendly, in a challenge game, um Donegal Kildavan. Um and I, I remember I came on about twenty minutes left in the game. Um and I, I, I remember our manager, Tommy Murphy, and selector, Brian Fitzpatrick, was, um, two men I, I look up to so much. They've, between them, I think, they've like 21, 22 Wicklow Championships. Right. Um, one is 13, the other is 11 or 12. Um, remarkable, two remarkable men. And they were selector, manager, selector, of the team at the time. And I remember the same before the game, like, what kind of condition are you in if you want to play? I was like... Yeah. I'm here to play football. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to sit and watch the rest of them. And uh, I, I remember that. getting, I remember getting the nod and saying, "John, going in there." Um, and Where'd I you mean, go in? Centre forward. And uh, I, I, have you ever? Can you can you picture a pony running around the field or a foal <laughs> running around the field? That was it. I was Just galloping, kicking, literally, literally running and jumping and doing everything arms, legs everything were are flying. you pure joy like, is it pure joy pure joy um, it, it, it was unbelievable yeah. and, and just I remember getting the pass uh, just just 30 yards from goal and turning and kicking over the bar and I probably didn't think I'd have the, the confidence yeah. after I was going through as well to, to, to take on a shot as well like, and just 30 yards of goal turning and kicking over and it was remarkable it was just a feeling that, that I'll never forget um, and that was it was great. It was just yeah. great to know I was back as well. Like, and um, again, a few weeks later, that goal that I had set to play Kiltegan in in the in the championship. Which, yeah. at that stage, I've been playing senior club football in Wicklow for seven years, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, seven or eight years, six, seven years. Um, I never played our, our next door neighbours in championship right. football, and I was like, I have to get back for that game. Well, and, I have um, a bit of this action. And luckily, it, it, I was and came on again with 20 minutes to go. And the one thing that stands out for me as well is the the 
the actual crowd for the game. It wasn't the case. Like I actually played underage hurling with Wickle Teague. Okay. And a lot of respect for the club. Um and uh just the the the, the crowd that day, everybody on their feet. Um and that was something pretty special as yeah, well. Like that's when, amazing. You, when you when another team a team that mightn't like you too much now <laughs> as a footballer like but but yeah, respect the fact that I, I played with them and that community support as well, like. and um, just the GA in general. They they were able to stand together and welcome you onto a pitch was was, was pretty fine. How does moment. that How does that feel to you when you, in that in that moment? Like, um, at that moment, yeah, where we were a couple of points down, I, I was right. I was thinking about a win. Give me the ball, the yeah. <laughs> Uh, we won <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that, that, no it that, does that applause thing is going on right but you don't you don't stop to take the end do you no, no. I didn't stop to get it it's it, give me the ball in hindsight you look at it now and I know the feeling um, I, I can feel it now yeah okay at the time, yeah, that's, the time, that's what was it that's what probably was a bit numb probably yeah. a bit numb um, with the enjoyment of getting back on the yeah, pitch yeah absolutely like. with the enjoyment of the, the crowd and, and just and, and the fear of losing as yeah. well so there's there's a numbness probably there. Those few, um, like those those three markers. So like, there's the one, there's the first one taking that hit of training, right? Second one, kicking point challenge game, and then running on, and that third one. Does those three moments sort of just let you go? Okay, line drawn. Like moving on now. Um, does that help you do that? The, to an extent, yes. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say line drawn at that stage. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't starting. I wasn't yeah. back in the team. I wasn't, my body wasn't developed and I wasn't Wicklow or finish at this stage, but I wasn't playing county football. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I had to get back to where I was Okay. for that feeling to come. Um, so we had gone on in that championship. We lost a, a county semi-final. Um, and for me, I hadn't broken back into the starting team and, and thought, Am I not able mm. forward? Like, and you have those doubts. Um, and the call did come, even without getting that that that, that start of the club. That a call came from Wicklow that that autumn for um to want me back in the Wicklow squad. And, and for me, it was a case of that's a lot of confidence from mm. the manager. The, the, the manager at the time was Ratney man Harry Murphy, and uh, I took confidence from that. But I thought I'm going back in here. I, I don't know. If, if I, if I can't play for the club game you're doubt yourself if you can do that yeah, yeah. It, there has to be an element of doubt and, and thankfully that doubt is what drove me on as well that again I'm not going to be remembered as somebody that couldn't get back to where he was it's like I know some people just find it very hard to get back to where they were like and one you always compare yourself to is somebody does recruit shit like it, yeah. it's so hard to get back to it but there's something I, I would hate to be to be known as somebody that couldn't mm. uh, without without trying their best and their hardest to do it. Um, and the start of the following year, we started off and it was, again, it was a slow start for me. A couple of niggles as it was my first year back properly playing, training at inter-county level was tough. So you're picking yeah, I think a few I niggles. remember me and you having a few bitching sessions about because we were both struggling with yeah. hip flexors and grinds yeah. and lower backs at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, it was tough. It was yeah. tough and it was a slow process. Um but the, the day came that I, that I got the first start back with Wicklow coming to, I think it was the second last league game right. against London. Um, and we won and we played Clare and I got to start again in the last league game and we won and we we were promoted from Division 4 and we played a league final in, in Crow Park against Fermanagh. This is within 12 months of, of leaving hospital and we won a Division 4 title out, out in the pitch in Crow Park and, and feeling that success um, that was when I kind of realised yeah I'm back I'm, I'm back to where where I, I was um, and having the probably confidence to, to, to get back a little bit better like I think the most important thing of, of the whole conversation that we've been going through is like you're obviously sitting in front of me now and you're in the best of health you're not looking bad either in fairness <laughs> um, s- s- sleeves are tight on the arms you're doing okay um, but the other thing you're back now at Wicklow again for a year aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and with, in terms of the club scenario county champions last year county champions last year yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so the question I have then is so you're 30 now yeah? yeah um, just gone 30 Jesus <laughs> I'm only joking Um so the week, like, you've gone back, you've played for Wicklow again, you've won the county championship, and you're going in for another year at Wicklow. 
What's driving you now to do that? Um, that word I mentioned earlier, ignorance. Mm. Um, I just I I. I what do you mean by ignorance? There's a the ignorance that I, I just. You'll always hear people always say like, "Why why what what brings you back to Wicklow every year?" Like like your your club. You haven't given a full year to your club um, since since you were whatever eighteen. Um, um, Wicklow, uh, where are you at the moment? Are, are you realistically going to achieve something? Um, and for me, it's 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 been able to turn around to them and say, well, whether we achieve something or not, I won't stop until I know that I've given everything I have. Um, and I would like to think that even if we're not successful, that at least I can turn around and say, well, I gave my all. I did my bit. To, to try and get there. And for some people... They might retire and think, well, feck it anyway. Uh, what was the, what was the point? I didn't do what I wanted. For me, it's a great journey. Uh, it, it's a nice feeling. Um, I, I like I like looking after myself. I like training. Um, it's different for people that all like training. Some people just like just like match day in the summer. Yeah. They don't like match day in the winter. They don't like training. Um, you talk about me. I love it. <laughs> 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 there's quite a few there's quite a few people so but, but <laughs> there are there are a few there are a few but but that, that for, for me I love it I, there's, there's nothing I like more um, I'll arrange I'll arrange my life around it yeah. uh, to get trained and that, whether that's Clover County um, I, I sat down with my boss in work um, a, a few months ago he was more than happy to to help accommodate that to, if I need to be get down train because it's, you're struggling with time. It's yeah. it's a two hour journey down with, with with traffic and all down for down for train. Um, so I'll take all steps I can to to, to try and be the best that I can in the hope that it might lead to some success. In terms of going back to Wicklow, then this is your tenth year playing now, isn't it? This would be my 11th year of, yeah. yeah. But actually, because it stuck with what you said there about people saying to you, you know, well, why would you be doing this? Like, you're not going to win that. Like, that must grind your gears a little bit, does it? Like, yeah, no, it does. Um, so sometimes, you, you, sometimes you can relate to it. You can say, look, uh, that person could be right. <laughs> um, at the moment, we don't have too much silverware. Um, at the moment, <clears throat> financially, some people might be losing out. Um Lads have jobs that that it's taken away from. Um, there's a lot of reasons why a player will decide not to play Wicklow, and I think we're seeing that at the moment at Wicklow that we we are losing quite a lot because of those reasons. Um, but for me, I've I've said it a, a number of times that I love playing football, and I could go back home and play with my club and say I love playing football. Mm-hmm. But I love testing myself, my body, my mind to play at the highest level I can. Um, and that's just just me. Um, I can't turn around to, to every other player in Wicklow and say, look, what the hell are you doing? Cop on. Mm-hmm. Why won't you play with your county? Because not everybody has, uh, not everybody, uh, it's, people just have different things going on in their life. Um, I'd love to be able to go around uh, and handpick Every every player in the county and say you should be playing county football, but mm-hmm. we just can't. Um, and it's up to the individuals if they want to play, they want to play, and if they don't, unfortunately, um, they can't play. Um, they can't give the time or the commitment. Like, yes, yeah, so I've talked about this as well over the last while. Um, particularly in the fo- in football, like it is fragmented in a bit, and it's people are sort of looking at like, okay, you're Dublin and you're Kerry, um, and then you've got a chasing pack, and then we've got like the teams say that are some. Division three or Division four or whatever, um, and I think a common team across not just them teams, but even I'd, I'd go as far as Division two is like we can't get all our lads to play. Um, the first question I have on that is, what do you think stops them? What's the big thing that says actually? Do you know what? I'm not going to play this year. Um, the world has changed. Um, the world has changed. There's so many other things going on outside of football now, like that. People just don't actually find football uh, as important as as some people and and me included might portray it to be. Like it's it's not the be all and end all. Mm. Um, so that that's a big thing that people have so much going on. Like the world is a nice place. People want to travel it. Um, 
money is nice to have. People need to make it. Mm. So that that has to be the first thing. If they don't, if they don't see they're going to get as much out of it. Now, for me, Dublin find it an awful lot easier to get players to play for them because one or the medal is worth ten years work experience. So that, that that's that's yeah. the reality of it. Um, some people like silverware. If 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 you're not re- realistically going to get silver at the end of the year, if you don't have a good chance of it, people are saying, "Well, why would I bother?" So, for me, there are two two big things that that are standing out, and um, people, some people don't like the journey to it. Some people just like the the destination, the end of it, the the silverware, or, or what they're getting out of it. That's not how the world works, like yeah, like the. For me again, I like the journey. I like yeah. I like even fit. I like eating well. I like uh, just training. I like getting into the car and going down to training and being on the pitch. So sometimes that's nearly more important than than that that silverware at the end of it. The um, so I asked you about what's sort of what might be putting people off playing. Right, what can we do to actually get those people to play it? And you're never going to get them all. Like, no, and it's fine. But this is not just a wicklow thing. This is like, yeah. this is J across the board. A minute, like yeah. bar maybe your your one or two that yeah. yeah. that everyone knows about. But a lot of the large majority of counties, I guarantee, you have two or three boys that they can't. Yes, yeah. Real bad. No, it's a. I, I, it's probably something I've been very vocal about uh, lately. Um, if when I use it in the context of the, the number one team in the country at the moment, we say is Dublin. Yeah, we say, no one's disputing that. We we'll say. <laughs> For example, we'd just say at the moment where Wicklow, we would say at the at the bottom, the bottom end, um, and Wicklow looking at closing the gap to Dublin, mm. it, it's not realistic. No matter what you do, it's not realistic um, of being consistently as good. I'm not saying we're not going to, if we got a one-on-one, the yeah. other end, but anything can happen, one in a million chance. But no, it's a case of, you can't close that gap yeah. at the moment. It, it'd take years upon years upon years. So for me, it's about le- level playing field. Um, like we all know how good the the league is at the moment, how competitive it is. I can't understand why there is not a senior, intermediate, and a junior championship in football. Like we have it in every county in the, in yeah. the country. We have it in hurling. Um, I can't understand why it's not. And again, I'm not saying that Wicklow would win it and beat the number seventeen, eighteen, ninety, yeah. number twenty team. But I know for sure that we close that gap yeah, between 32, 31, yeah. 30 to, to that number a lot easier. Mm. A- and people will find they come back out of work to start playing because they know that's, that's something we could compete in. Um, and that, that's, that's it's a big, big thing. And I just can't understand why we're not getting the backing for that. I think what scares a lot of lads off Jay at the moment is just that it is the, the training and the, and the volume of mm. training. I don't think anyone minds training. No. Um, yeah. But it's... I don't, and I was going to ask you if you agree with it or not, or maybe it's just me in my head, but it's the training v the number of games. Yeah, 100% agree. Like, I know for the 2016 last year, um, Wicklow played, I think it was 10 games in 13 weeks. I think that was it, between the Auburn Cup and the National League. So your first January 1st to end Whatever, middle end. of April, say. Yeah, right. um, that was, and that was in Muck, like rain manure yeah pretty bad. much um, and then we had a break of I think it was six weeks to the championship You're and saying, then we did another yeah. four weeks so we played two games in ten weeks in the summer in lovely conditions yeah when everyone's running around like and all you want to do is play football so like even tonight we're, we're training tonight and all you're doing is craving football. Mm. You just want to play football, match, a game, yeah. something. Starting to dry up a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's, I 100% agree that it's it, it's just strange that um, they think that we're not having enough games but not enough competitive games and just the structure just isn't appealing to a player. Like, Look, we're, like, we're, <laughs> we're not going to answer that. That question today, but it's like, and I said, look at like, I like you're back for a 10th year, and like, I like, don't get wrong, I fully respect that. Like, but I just think, like, at the moment, it is challenging a lot of people's love. Mm. Um, and it just you know, it's just something that I've thought about a lot. I was just curious what, what you thought about it, like, yeah. um, 
but look, we're not we're not getting bogged down in championship structures. I think we're just <laughs> we'll be here for another three hours. But what I was going to because um, I just wrap I, I'm going to wrap up over the next couple of minutes. Um, but I was so I'm going, I'm going to move on to football and I'm going, to go, I'm going to sort of finish out. I've done it with Brendan. I've done it with Kev as well. Is um, I've just pulled out two pictures from the archives, and I've got you in 07 playing for Wicklow. That be right, 07? Yeah. Um, and that's obviously you far more recently. Um, the arms have obviously got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the jersey hanging off, you know, the old yeah. kid was gas. <laughs> yeah. But the, I suppose the big thing, or the, the, the question I've been finishing out with the lads, and it's always interesting, is if you pick out one big lesson from between there and there that you take with you and that you carry with you now, um, as you, as you move forward into the rest of your life, what is it? What do you take with you? Before, we'd say pre, um, pre-cancer pre time, um, I probably would would have a reaction to a lot of things. I wouldn't have been really positive. I wouldn't have been really motivated. Um, I relied a lot on on kind of just tipping away and going through the motions. Don't flow. Um, and, and that was me. Um, I think since then, I've become a lot more self-driven. Um, a lot more motivated um, setting high goals not just setting A goals yeah. setting high goals um, and, and I think something that that, like, that I try to really bring to where I am is that I, I try to try to encourage that into other people around me and that's important yeah. I think because just just worrying about myself isn't good enough um, I think we need to kind of think about other people around me as well like um, and, and bringing that into whether it be their teammates is that frustrating at times? Uh, frustrating yeah yeah, it, it can be um, because as I say not everybody goes in the road with the one direction yeah. uh, but I like to surround myself with, with people going that direction but um, I, I probably when I was young that's that picture 2007 I probably didn't have anybody with an arm around me telling me what I should and shouldn't be okay. doing I never had that probably with, with, with football wise um, I, I never had the players that, that kind of told me this is right and that's wrong or that's wrong and this is right. Um, so I'd like to think like that, like uh, I could help out in that regard yeah. to some players around me and, and kind of trust, grow up a little bit and show a little bit of maturity and leadership in that regard. Yeah, it's just, I think it strikes me that you're just a very high sense of focus I think would be something that's that's coming through there. Um, more power to you. Like, <laughs> um, like I just, I'm going to wrap up finish up now but just um, first of all, I obviously just want to thank you for your incredible honesty throughout the whole last hour or so of discussion that we've had. We've covered lots of, of different things. Um, and you said something to me earlier on in the interview that, that stuck with me is around that we all we always only hear the bad stuff. Mm. Um, and that's that's something that I'm taking away with me today as well. Um, like actually helping to promote good stories at times. Yeah. Um, and look, I know you're sitting here, sitting across me. You're in good health, thankfully. Um, looking sharp moving sharp I'm sure um, but I think the big thing for anyone listening as well is that you're not don't take it the wrong way but you're not some like freak incredible Hulk type figure that just want a once off man of them to do this mm-hmm. like people go through different stuff at different times um, sometimes it's more serious than others but that also can come through those things yeah um, and I think that's an important lesson to share um, and I just want you to I just want to thank you again for sharing that because I think even I, I'm already thinking in my head. You've, you've channeled some of my thinking on some things, um, and I found a little bit. I found some of that discussion a bit inspiring, to be honest. Um, so I just want to thank you for honesty again, and wish you the best of luck football-wise. Obviously, unless you're playing against Calvin at any stage during the year, um, but also off the field as well, and with Carol and with work, um, and just your own life as you move forward. Because I think um, wherever you are, be it in a team, in a work environment, or within a group of lads, I think positivity and and good stuff just glows off you and I think wherever you are people are lucky to have you so um, thank you and the best of luck with everything thank you thanks very much so that's it for another week and I really hope you enjoyed listening to the incredible John McGrath as much as I did make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes by heading over to realtalks.ie to subscribe to the show or just search for Real Talks on whatever platform you are listening on today. 
There you can also find previous episodes with Tipperary's Brendan Marr and Dublin's Kevin McMenamin, two fascinating characters who cover topics like leadership, resilience, a love of goals, and finding a balance between sport and life. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get me on Twitter at AOMTheCat or through Realtalks IRL. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Kelly Bradshaw Dalton, for supporting this podcast. Over the years, they have gone above and beyond to help me find suitable accommodation and their customer service is second to none. To find out more about them, go to kbd.ie. My name is Alan O'Mara and you've been listening to an episode of the Real Talks podcast.